Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the City Place Church Podcast. Please join me in a moment of prayer before we get started. Heavenly Father, thank you for the person listening to this prayer. I ask that you would help open their mind and their heart and that you would speak directly to them through today's message. In the name of your son, my brother, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. We, we, we welcome you. For those of you who are here again, first time, second time, you're taking the three-week challenge, welcome back. On your seat, everyone, there are some message notes. You'll need those today. Uh, you'll also find a connection card. Fill that out. Let us know you came. My wife and I and our team would love to send you uh, just a thank you for being a part of service. There's also some other things on there. Baptism, which we celebrated last week. We had three people get baptized last week, which was cool. Um, you can get involved in a small group. You, you can see some of the opportunities that rest on that card. And then at the end of our service, uh, we're going to worship the Lord uh, with our financial giving. Uh, we call them kingdom finances here. And so uh, you, don't, you, you don't have to worry. When we get to that part, you don't have to be alarmed. Uh, we, we're not going to do any flips or anything like that. We just ask you to ask the Holy Spirit what to do. Now, I said this last week because I didn't get a chance to finish uh, the message last week. Uh, and I, and I want to prep it again this week. Uh, because y'all said, okay, um, I am going to mention the word money today. And um, I, the reason why I want to tell you in advance, I said this last week, is because any sort of guard that you may have about talking about money in church, I just wanted to come down. Uh, it, it, it's not going to spook you out or anything like that, but I wanted to prepare you so that you don't go, oh, here we go again, there's another church talking about money. Because really the, the balance of things uh, when you're in a church Uh, we don't talk about money a lot. Um, And there is uh, scriptures around finances that so many times, I I don't know if you've been guilty of this, I've led my money according to my standards. Well, that's how I met Taisha. Like I I was doing my finances according to my standards, and when I met her, she was doing them according to God's standards. And there was a difference. And once we talked about it, uh, we realized that God has a way of causing our finances to be placed in his hands that he blesses. But I'm only going to talk about it for five minutes. And I'm actually not even going to talk about it how we might think I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it in the context of intentional generosity, which we said our months of November and December are at our church. And so, uh, yes, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Over the next couple of weeks, you guys are going to be getting cards that just say random acts of kindness. We'll keep talking about it. Uh, Matthew chapter 10, I'm going to read these verses, catch us up, and then we'll finish what we didn't finish last week. Matthew chapter 10, verses, verse 1 says this, and when he had called his 12 disciples to them, he gave them power. Somebody say power. power. Over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Now, the names of the 12 apostles were these, Simon, who was called Peter, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, James, Labibius, I think I'm pronouncing that wrong, who was also called Thaddeus, Simon, and Judas, who also betrayed him. Last week, we highlighted the fact that um, Jesus is really cool that he would allow people who we may view as unqualified to be on the team. Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him, but yet he still gave Judas power. Maybe next year we'll do a series called Judas. And I know in your mind, you're probably like, yup, that's Shirlene from the job. That's Timmy. Yeah, well, no, no. Uh, Jesus is real strategic. He lets us know that 
every single one of us has an opportunity to walk in power and authority. The magic word here, though, and the powerful word here is who betrayed him. That's a powerful thing when you know that you're going to do wrong and you know who you're rolling with, but there's something that sucks the life out of you to where you would give Jesus away and not just give him away, you would tell others where they can find him to take him from you. And so uh, Judas had power, had authority, had Jesus' name, but he gave it away. Over the last few weeks, we've been in a series called Live Like It Matters, and we've been highlighting the fact that the it is the life that Jesus gives us. Every single person in this room, you have access to the very life of Jesus himself. Some of us in this room have had the very life of Jesus for ourselves, and we've started to give him away. The whole focus of this series has to be, has to focus us on to live like it matters. Let's keep going. Verse 5. These 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter into the city of, I'm sorry, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received. Somebody say received. received. Freely give. Somebody say give. give. Here was the question that we asked last week. What do I do if I have it, but they don't? What do I do if I have it, but they don't? Matthew chapter 28, Jesus reemphasizes what he had already done. In Matthew chapter 10, in Matthew chapter 28, said this last week just to catch everybody up. Uh, Judas is no longer on the scene. Judas felt so much guilt that the Bible says he hung himself on a tree because Judas didn't realize that repentance was available for him as well. Judas had given Jesus away at so much intensity that he felt like he wasn't deserving of the same repentance that he was once preaching about. Preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Preach that I'm here. Can you imagine Judas is out there holding Bible study and he says, I want you to know that Jesus is here just for you. Jesus loves you beyond what you can imagine. He is here to forgive you of all of your sins. Over time, he's like, now I got to figure out how to, I'm going to set Jesus up. Still going to the meeting. Jesus can heal your body. They're trying to offer me 10 pieces of silver. I'm trying to, I wonder if I can get 20 pieces of silver out of this guy. He gives Jesus away. And the same forgiveness that he's talking about, he didn't feel worthy of after he had done it. We are in a moment where we can live like it matters with Jesus. So Judas is preaching, and in Matthew chapter 28, because Judas doesn't feel like forgiveness is for him, he commits suicide, and he is not included in what I'm about to read. Matthew chapter 28, Jesus has ascended. I'm sorry, he's, he's risen from the dead, and he's hanging out with his disciples, and he says this. 
In verse 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. Jesus looks at his disciples, the 11, and he says, listen, everything that heaven has given me, the Father's given me, before I go, I'm going to remind you of what I gave to you earlier. He says, when you go, raise up more Christ followers who want to walk with me. Don't just do it in your city. Don't just do it in your state. Do it around the nation. I'm giving you everything that I've spoken to you. Don't let it go. Hold on to it and keep the movement going. And then he says, you may not see me, but I'm with you all the time. He's literally like, hey, Live like it matters. Don't let me go. Even when you don't see me, I'm with you. Don't let it go. And so I realized in these two passages of Scripture what Jesus was really uh, doing. He was answering the question that I asked you earlier. What do we do if we have it, but they don't? Write this down in your notes. We live like it matters for them. We live like it matters for them. We live like it matters for them. Uh, Revelation chapter 3, just rewind again. Jesus talks to the church in Sardis, and he's like, hey, uh, there's something missing that I once gave you. I need you to hold on to it. I need you to remember what I told you. The deeds that you once started are unfinished in the sight of my God, and we have to make sure that we cross this finish line. Do not let it go. I want you to live like it matters. We define it as the very life of Jesus that Jesus talks about in John chapter 10, verse 10. He says this, the thief comes but to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I come that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly. Somebody say more than enough. The life that Jesus gives you and I overflows. Anybody ever feel depleted? Feel like you're running on empty? Have we ever paused and asked ourselves why we're consistently there? Jesus says the life that I give you is an abundant life, a life that overflows. See, every time Jesus is talking, he's always thinking about you, but he's also thinking about others. So he tells this church in Sardis, he says, listen, you need to strengthen what remains before it all goes away. You're you're, you're living in a place that is lively. Sardis was pumping back in the day, y'all. It was the city to be at. And there was a church that was once thriving. And Jesus says, but when I see you, you aren't doing anything. He says, you looked apart, but everything is missing. I'm not attending your service, he tells them. You're worshiping, but I'm not there. You're praying for people, nothing's changing. You're doing everything that a church does without my power. Let me remind you what I gave you. When Jesus gives us his life for everybody, he gives it to us. In this way, and you can, you can look at the definition. I think we may have it. It's literally, Jesus says, the life that I give you is one that gives you vigorous passion, vitality, and it deals with your ethics on earth and in heaven. All of your essentials. He says, I give you life to be able to live and thrive on earth, but then I give you this anticipation of what you're going to experience with the Father in heaven for eternity. Jesus is so powerful in his gift giving to us, his life giving to us, that he thinks about you and I's day to day, but then he thinks about eternity. And here's a couple of things that we asked last week, because I felt like in Revelation chapter three, Jesus was asking or downloading even more than what we can see. And you'll find it there in the notes area. Here's what Jesus was saying in Revelation chapter three. Jesus was saying, 
I gave it, but what did you do with it? I gave it to you. I gave you my life, but what have you done with it? Here's a question, City Place, that I want to ask you. How are you handling your relationship and your walk with Jesus right now? Is he your ticket and my ticket to heaven only? Did we just say yes? Because maybe like when I was a kid, it was like the message. This was the message every single week. And I appreciate where I came from. But now since I'm a little bit older, older, I realized that I was scared into my relationship with Jesus. If you were to die today and you got in your car and a train was to hit you, would you go to be with God? That was my pastor when I was a kid. If you were to die in your sleep. Well, I didn't want to die in my sleep and not go to heaven. So I'm sorry. Yes, Jesus, a relationship with Jesus will allow us to experience a relationship with the father. But it's more than that. He is not just our get to heaven ticket. Are y'all with me? He's not that. I, I, I know, I know, I know you, go, you can argue that. Yes, he is, Pastor Damon. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. But he is not that. Don't put him in that box. He gave you life through his death, burial, and resurrection, and it's life that overflows. Wouldn't it be better for him to, uh, you know, say, you received me, come to heaven now? Wouldn't that be a better strategy? No. He says, I came to give you life and I want to give it to you more abundantly. And so Jesus says, what are you even doing with me? And that's an honest question, City Place. What are you doing with Jesus right now? What are we doing as a church? These are the questions. What are we, are we, are we just showing Jesus off? Are we just trying to be with the it crowd of churches? Is this too straightforward? No. So Jesus asked, um, I gave it to you, but what did you do? And so here's a couple of questions that were hidden in Revelation chapter 3, and I encourage you to read Revelation chapter 3, 1 through 4. Here's the first one. What did you do with my son Jesus, the life that I gave you? We read this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform miracles? Then I will look at them plainly and I'll say, I never knew who you were. Let me ask you a question. Uh, if, if, if Jesus was to stand in front of you right now, would he ask you your name or would he call you by your name? Are these two straightforward questions? Y'all tell me. So, yes. Would he ask you your name or would he call you by name? Jesus knows who I am. Yes, he does. He does. But if I'm reading scripture, one of the most nerve-wracking scriptures is, you did everything for me, Damon. You pastored City Place Church. Can you remind me again where we first met? It's the reason why when we read in scripture, God would, in like the Old Testament, God would anoint people and they would be on fire. And then you'd hear, uh, 
and they did wrong in the sight of God. And they ruled mighty, and God's hand moved. And then you get to the end of the book, and it's like, and they walked away from God. And then their son rose up, and then they led with the hand of God. And then they did wrong in the sight of God. There's something on the inside of us that wants to push him away. For fear of, he may be asking too much of us. When he's like, I gave you life to overflow. So what have you been doing with Jesus? He looks at the church in Sardis. He says, you look like you have me, but you don't. You look like you have me, but you don't. Here, here's, the, here's the answer to the question. We said this last week. The answer to that question is I knew him personally. I knew him personally. One of, one of my favorite verses in uh, Scripture, and I, di- I didn't write it down. I hate that I didn't write it down. But it's, it's, it's in the book of Acts. And it says this, it says that when the people saw the apostles and the people doing miracles, they knew them to be just common men. But when they looked at them twice, they realized that they had been with Jesus. Like they, you know what, isn't that the guy that used to work at the auto repair shop? That's the one that doesn't have a college degree. That's the one that, wait a second, if they doing those miracles, they must have been with Jesus. Like, they're not just talking about Jesus. They know that man. There's a different look to you and I when we know him personally. Have you ever been uh, in an atmosphere when someone looks at you and they go, there's something different about you? Here, 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 here's one of the, here, here's one of the, the, the places we don't want to be is when people look at you and they just go, oh, that's just you. That's just you. God wants us to exude Jesus so much to where people look at you, they go, what? can you tell me what's different about you? I did something different. I don't know what it is. You always smile. I know you're going through something, but why are you always smiling? Like, we know him personally. This has been our passion all year long. We could do, I, I, y'all, I have been in ministry for 20 years. I've, I've been in church since I was five. I had a moment in time when I walked away with God. I met Jesus back in the church. I can do, no lie, I can play church. Is that, is that too raw as a pastor? To tell you, like, I can play church. I know scriptures. Seriously, I know scriptures that'll make you say amen. I do. Like, I have been in church enough to know the sweet spot for an amen. And at midnight, Paul and Silas, the chains of somebody else can be broken. When you pray, I got all of that. There's no power to what I just said. The question is, as a pastor, do I know him? Can I just tell him myself? Do I know Jesus or am I just doing something for him because I know enough scripture? If you come in here on a Sunday and there is no power, warning. 
If you come in here on a Sunday and there is not a passion for us to move from the uncomfortable into his presence, warning. Y'all like how I'm telling on, a, on, on, on myself? If I get up here and it seems like I have not been before the Lord, warning. We have to know him personally. Paul said this. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. What a very, very proud statement. Because you better not miss that, Paul. But there was something in him knowing Jesus Christ personally to where he could say, I trust me enough and I trust him enough to where you can follow the fact that I know that man. Read Galatians chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. He's like, let me tell you the encounter that I had with Jesus. Nobody can take it away. The right answer is I know him personally. The reason why we're, I said this last week, the reason why we're in a series of Live Like It Matters is because we want to end the year with Jesus. It's all about you and nobody else. Like, there's things that God's, I'm not saying that God's not going to bless us. No, he's going to do that. He's going to prosper your life. You can have a both and. Like, Jesus, it's all about you, but it's straight sacrifice. No, it's not. It's the life that God wants to give you. Second question we asked was this. What, do you, what did you do with what I gave you? Like, he looks at the, the church in Sardis, and he says, you had me, but what did you do with me? You had my resources, you had my authority, you had my power. You could speak in my name. You have power to see miracles, signs, and wonders. You have access to my spirit, but what are you doing? What are you doing with what, what I gave you? What, what, what are you doing with what I put in your hand? And we talked about FOMO. Y'all know what FOMO is, fear of missing out? And we talked about how FOMO, that fear of missing out, leads to YOLO. Like the attitude of I only, I only live once. And we, we, we said that so many times because we have a fear of missing out, we withhold what God gave us. Like, I'm not going to do that because if I do that, then I'm going to miss out on this. If I, if I serve a little bit, then my rest is going to be. If I give a little bit, then how am I going to be able to? Like, there's this fear of missing out. And God's just like, no. No, 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 no. You're not going to miss out because the life that I give you overflows to someone else. See, when Jesus gives you and I life, he gives us enough for somebody else. That's the reason why I said I give you life and I give it to you abundantly so that I'm going to fill you up and then I'm going to overflow you into somebody else's life. So we said this, we don't only live once, we live twice. Sounds funny, that's like theologically, watch out there, Damon, you kind of creeping right there, boy. No, uh, listen, you creeping right there, where is that? No, no, no. Here's, here's what I'm saying. You are flesh. Whether you like it or not, I, I prayed this prayer as a kid. I was like, I'm going to be alive until Jesus returns. I said it to my mom ever since I was born. At some point in our life, there will be a celebration for our natural life. You will stand before the Father. Your spirit is going to be alive if you were Jesus. So Jesus says, the Zoe life that I give you deals with your natural now. But don't just focus on that. I'm focused on eternity. It's not a you only live once. You will live once if you don't know me. But if you don't, I 
go to prepare a place for you. If it was not so, I wouldn't have told you. I'm coming back. You should be excited. You should be looking forward to that. Get ready. It's not over. It's not over. It's not over. You should be anticipating the fact that when Jesus comes through the sky, the redeemed of the Lord will be with him. Like he's like, listen, it doesn't end here. So, so many times we live with a fear of missing out. And Jesus is like, I'm just getting started. There's a party like you haven't seen yet. And so here's just a couple of things that I, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, because he says, what did you do with what I gave you? It says this in verse 7, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. Did y'all see that? Like, you, I'm going to give you what you need for all things at all times so that when the time comes, you can abound in the good works too. Let's keep going. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Look at verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. And when enlarge the harvest of your righteousness, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Pause right there. Hector, can I use you real fast? Uh, so what, what have you done with what I gave you? Watch. So God says, I give you seed to sow and bread to eat. Like, I give you seed to give away and bread to eat. So this is how the Lord showed it to me. I had some gifts for you. These are my gift to Hector. These belong to Hector. Now, Hector, um, this bag is for you to enjoy. Can I just show everybody what it is? This is a bag of chips. Come on, somebody. And these are, just so y'all know, these are kettle chips. Can the church say amen? See that? Remember I told you I could just pull stuff out. Amen. Get you to, right? So watch now. These are, this is a bag of chips. You with me? Now, this is all Hector's. All of it is Hector's. Hector, this is your bread to eat. This is also a bag of chips. It's just that it's differently set up. It's still a bag of chips. It's just that it's a bag of chips with chips. It's a bag of chips. It's a bag of chips. Like, I gave the bag of chips to Hector. He's got a bag of chips. I gave him a bag of chips. One of the bags of chips is for Hector to enjoy. The other bag, Hector, will you do me a favor? Will you bless some people? I'm going to hold your bag of chips. But would you bless some people as fast as you can and then come back with a bag of chips? Who would like a bag of chips? Just, just raise your hand. So, so watch now. Hector just gave away his bag of chips. Well, this is the bag of chips that is for Hector. Hector, Hector, watch now. Hector followed my instruction. So do you know what I'm going to do? Hector, I'm not through 
I've got another bag of chips for you. But this time, I gave him a bag of chips. So did he lose anything? But, but Hector, hold on. I got you another bag of chips. See, he says, God says, I give you seed to sow. And I give you bread to eat. Here's the problem that we, we have. The problem is, is when Hector... Thank you, Hector. The problem is, is you want some Doritos? No, I got some. <laughs> yeah, sure. The problem is, is, is if I'm if I'm Hector, I'll start taking from the seed bag, and I'll start putting that because I realized that when God gave me ten bags of chips. I'm overemphasizing, just so you know. It's making it sound like I got a lot more chips in my mouth than what I do, and I really don't. There's only one chip, right? So, <laughs> the, the problem comes in, and this is what we do. The problem comes in is that we see it all as our chips. God says, no, Hector, I gave you bags of chips. But this bag of chips is made the way that I have it so that more people can be blessed with it. The problem comes in is when we keep trying, <laughs> even though we already have chips. And then God says, <laughs> now watch now, watch, watch. And then God says, Let's take your hand off the head. <laughs> You're playing the roads exactly how we needed it played. Straight Denzel Washington, right there. Huh? Huh? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Here's the problem. Here's the problem. I want you to be generous. Oh, of course, Lord. I'd be generous. You know what? I'd be generous, Lord. I'd be generous. Hallelujah. I did my part. Actually, we're blocking it. And so he, Jesus is like, I gave you power. I gave you authority. I gave you the ability with your testimony. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. And everybody like, ah, oh, Pastor D. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. Pastor D, you don't understand. I don't got that much time. I don't know where I'm going to find the time, Pastor D. You want us to do what? Serve on Sunday. I ain't got that time, Pastor D. I don't know what we're going to do. Why Pastor D, why Pastor D talking about we're going to take up the offering? I don't know about that. You know what I'm saying? No, I need the Lord to bless me. I'm just saying, like, at some point, at some point, Every time I come into these churches, and so, so what, do you, what do you want me to do? You want me to do Operation Christmas Child? I'm trying to bless my own child. And so, and so I'm going to do what I can, though. I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to do what I can because, you know, I do want to do something. <laughs> Kurt is mad. 
I'm totally killing everything, Kurt. I'm sorry. Listen, watch this. Thank you, ma'am. Watch this. Don't laugh. Don't laugh to the point to where we don't uh, allow God to change us, though, for real. God had blessed Hector. But then Hector decided that what he thought was his should remain his. What are you doing with what Jesus gave you? I know we cringe up when you hear tithe and offering. <clears throat> I ain't going to do it. Well, here you go. Can I just, I'm just going to shoot it to you straight. This is what we're doing. So, I know we don't want to hear that. But if we close ourselves off to what is seed and what is bread, you miss it. Money. Somebody say money. money. Somebody say time. time. Somebody say talent. In this room, there's so much talent. What are you doing with it? Watch now, not on your job, for the kingdom of God. And then the question that I would have is the same question that Jesus would have. Why would you let it die? Why would you not invest all that I gave you in surplus for them to know me? Why would you take your ability to sing, play an instrument, to serve behind the scenes, speak multiple languages? Why would you keep that to yourself? Why would you keep your testimony? Why would you pray only for your own stuff when you know you like to pray? Why wouldn't you just get in a room and let's go in that small group and pray like crazy? Why would you not give the overflow that I gave you? Revelation chapter 22 verse 12 said, and behold, I am coming quickly, and my, <coughs> and my reward, that is too much chips, isn't it? <coughs> I won't do that analogy for a few weeks. He says, I'm coming back quickly, and my reward is with me, to give everyone according to their work. You know, there's a story in Scripture about the talents, where he gave one five, two, and another one one. The one that hit it, Jesus was like frustrated. Why didn't you? You know I reap places I didn't even sow and you held on to it and the ones that used what he gave them he said now I'm going to give you even more we have to recognize everybody that there is a E-R-I I'm sorry E-R-O-I an eternal return on an investment it's going to be the greatest thing that we could ever do so here let me give you these keys really fast and then we'll pray out. The first one, let's be intentional. Your response is is to be intentional. Be intentional with your relationship with Jesus. Don't just let it happen. Be intentional with your relationship with Jesus. We have to be, y'all. We can't just be like, you know what, uh, you know, I, I got a little bit of time here. No, no, no. Be intentional. We have to know him personally, so we have to be intentional. Be intentional with what God gave you and your time, your talent, and your treasure, which is your finances. Be intentional, be intentional, be intentional. Be intentional. Don't close the door that God's opening in your life just because you want all the chips. Your time, your talent, and your treasure. God gives you seed to sow into God's house, into his kingdom, and he gives you bread to eat. Can we as a church not be a group of people 
that's eating on the seed and the bread. That's the reason why I'm so excited about next Sunday. I shared with the team, we had a team meeting, and uh, just so far already in this year as a church, we've already given over $25,000 to our community, to the world, over $25,000 already. I don't know, maybe that's a small number, but hey, to us, praise God for that. Can we celebrate? Like, we're not going to take... We're not going to take up the generosity in this church and go, it's about us. It's about us. It's about us. It's about us. No, we're going to bless somebody and we're going to rock their world. We were sharing some of our dreams and we'll share them with you as we head into 2023. Like God has taken some constraints off and it's going to be powerful what God does. And we will forever be open handed and intentional with all aspects of our generosity, our time, our talent and our treasure. So write these down. How do we be intentionally? Intentionally give. Intentionally give. Here's your money part right here. Here's your money part. Intentionally give. Here's what Dave Ramsey said. He says, if you don't tell your money where to go, you'll wonder where it went. Everyone in here, you should have some form of a financial plan. Some form of a financial plan. We would love to help you with that in 2023. We'll do some series on that. We'll do some series on that. If you don't tell your money where to go, you'll wonder where it went. There's, a, there's an author by the name of Ron Blue who wrote a book called Master Your Money. And this is what he says. He says, five things we can do with our money. We can spend it, repay debt, pay taxes, save it, and give it away. That's what he says. Now look at this comparison really fast. I don't know if we have it. But if, if you look at those, spend it, repay debt, spend it is... It's me first. Repay debt is creditor second. Pay taxes is government third. Save it is me fourth. And fifth is others last. I've lived that way early on in my life. And then God was just like, no, put me first. Get my plan. And then everything else will submit to my plan, God said. So be intentional. Be intentional with your time. Be intentional with your talent. Be intentional with your, your treasure. Number two, write this down. Intentionally serve. Intentionally serve. Intentionally serve. Intentionally serve. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 18 says, Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good things and should give happily to those in need always ready to share with others whatever God has given them. By doing this, they will be storing up real treasure for themselves in heaven. It is the only safe investment for eternity. Like, guys, as we are handing out turkeys, filling blessing bags, giving away Operation Christmas Child boxes, like there's an eternal impact. You heard the story of a young man from Ukraine. Like there's an eternal impact. We just don't know the power what God is doing through the simple act of intentional serving. And then the final is that we're going to intentionally share Christ. We're going to intentionally share Christ. Look at the power of this verse, James chapter 5. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings that sinner back will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. Go get them. 
Go get the one who we know they're not walking with Jesus and say, come on in. You are welcome in the family of God. I know you may have misstepped way over here, but there is grace for you like never before. I am here to tell you that Jesus will save you. Jesus will free you. Jesus wants to set you aligned with his purpose and his destiny. I'm not just going to look the other way because you're acting wrong. No, I'm going to go over to you and I'm going to say, I just want you to know that there's room for you. There's room for you. So we're going to be intentional, City Place. Look at this verse, Luke chapter 15, verse 10. It says, count on it. That's the kind of party God's angels throw every time one lost soul turns to God. There's a party thrown every single time one person that we are intentionally sharing Christ with comes back to God. Buckle your seatbelt, City Place Church. We're going to see more people saved, not only in this church, but also on your jobs and in the communities where you work, serve, play, eat, whatever. Get ready because we're going to be intentional. I wrote this and we can pray it out. You will never miss what you invest in eternity. You'll never miss what you invest in in eternity. Will you bow your heads, close your eyes? Maybe you walked in the room and you haven't been living like it matters. Today, I want to introduce you to Jesus. I want to intentionally do so. Not to hype you up or anything, but I just want you to know that God has brought you here this morning to have an opportunity to know who he is. And it would I would be out of line if I didn't give you an opportunity to meet him. Your heads bow, your eyes closed. I'm going to say a quick prayer. It just simply says, Jesus, I acknowledge that you died for me. You rose again, and I'm accepting you freely as my Lord and Savior. And after you pray that prayer, you say, Damon, that's me. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand high enough and long enough for me and tell you to see who prayed that prayer. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today acknowledging that you died for me and you rose again. I'm grateful for your sacrifice. And on this day, I choose you freely as my Lord and Savior. I repent of all of my sins and I declare you as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you take just another second and um, close your eyes for me? I know Pastor said that we would um, just ask you to raise your hand high enough and long enough uh, so that we could acknowledge you. And what we're doing in this moment is two things. One, it instills in us boldness for us to throw our shoulders back and go, God, I know you see me. And um, also it allows our prayer teams to be able to, um, to see you and we can give you some resources before you leave today because the promise is that uh, this is not easy. <laughs> not that it's going to be so difficult that it's unsurmountable, but that we need some help and, and we need a community, a family, if you will, to help us in that journey. And so now's the moment where you get bold about that decision that you just made. If you've never made that decision before, you've never said that out loud or you've said it, but you've never meant it. Or this morning, just like we've been talking about, you've decided today's my day to come back home. I'm going to be intentional about coming back, about uh, coming back into a relationship with God. One of those two people are you. And while everybody's eyes are closed, just in this moment of privacy, while we give everybody just a moment, I'm gonna ask you on the count of three to lift your hand up so that I can see who I'm praying for. One, two, 
three. That's you. You did it. You lifted it up. Look at you, brave souls. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Go ahead and slip your hands down. I know our prayer team saw it, but more importantly, I know Jesus saw it. God, I thank you this morning for the boldness of your kids. I pray that you would meet us, God, even where our faith is just now starting to grow and take shape. God, you brought us here this morning specifically on task, on purpose. There are no accidents in you. And so we declare that we are your kids and we're grateful for your sacrifice in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody can look up at me. Listen, we just had like a, a slew of new family members come back into the house of the Lord or they're coming back or coming in for the first time. Can we do what heaven is doing? Can we do what heaven's doing? Throwing a party for you. They're throwing a party for you. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. Okay, we're at the moment of our service where we're getting ready to make an eternal return on investment. I love that. I'm in it. I love it. E-R-O-I. I was like, yes, that is good. I just wanted to share this with you. Um, I want you to know as a church pastor talked about together we have raised uh we have raised we have brought to the lord really twenty-five thousand. that's we're not even done like we're not done yet Twenty-five thousand dollars this year like not over seven this year church this size this is what you're doing we're doing when we come together this is how god like cranks it up i wanted to tell you how beautiful that is because we're living this out i don't know if you know this but you came in this morning to a school did you know that? Did you know that? Did you know that? I know. Our team does an amazing job. They make this not feel like a school. I bet you've not thought, oh, this is a cafeteria for a school. I bet you, I bet you didn't think that while you were here, but I bet you walked in and knew that you were walking into a school, right? Why do I bring that up? Because we're living this just as much as we're teaching it. Do you know how easy it would be for us to take $25,000 and tuck it away into a building fund? how easy it would be for us to say, but God, it's for your house. Like, no, 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 we don't need to bless. We need to save, give, invest. Do you know how easy that would be? And I know it's the same decision you and I make too, when we're like, no, 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 it's like a whole television. God, do you know what's Christmas? Like, do you know what's happening in the next? It would be easy. And so I invite you into this moment. God knows, we know. And as a church, we're modeling what we're asking. And so this is our time for to make an eternal return on investment. I'm going to ask all of us together, one family, one heartbeat, one action, to do this this morning. Our, our kiddos have brought their tithe into the, into the house. They got grade money, and they knew. They, like, whipped out their get money for grades. Yes, we're still those people. They get money for grades, and so, and they're like, and this is my tithe. Like, yes, I'm doing something okay as a parent. It's all right. It's all right. They'll be all right. The next generation will be okay. These are the ways to give. We can do it digitally. It's in the seatbelt packet. But either way, I want to just conclude our time by thanking the Lord for making us a people of generosity, for making us not like whatever is happening here, but the hectors of the world who God multiplied when you gave, right? So well done for that. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit of generosity that rests on this house. We know that it just doesn't fall on us. It actually takes our effort, our action, our intention, our choice. And so this morning, I thank you for the gathering of this house that has been so incredibly generous. God, I pray that you would just throw gasoline on that generosity as we prepare our hearts to financially give for Serve Sunday and also as we are faithful to open our mouths and invite those around us into relationship with you. God, the spirit of generosity rests on us. 
And I pray for this seed now, the seed that's not ours, the seed that's yours for us to sow. God, I pray that it would go into the ground. God, that you would make it fertile for your kingdom and that it would produce fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's message. Stay connected by subscribing to the City Place Church podcast, following us on Instagram, checking us out on Facebook, or by visiting our website, www.cityplacechurch.com. Enjoy the rest of your day.